From Optimized Health, this is the True Health Podcast, where we unlearn diet culture and optimize our life, one tip and story at a time. Today's episode is episode 19, and we are talking the New Year Kickstart for 2023 with the legend, Jeremy Scott. Uh, I'm so excited to have him here today. Just before we jump into it, a couple quick housekeeping things. Um, For Optimize Health, our two-week reset program launches January 9th. This you can get on our website at optimizehealthcoaching.com slash programs. We've basically, myself and our other coaches, created this around a two-week program focused on eating real food. We have a recipe guide included. We have grocery lists. We have meal plans. Um, And if you do join, you have the option to opt into our group where online myself and the other coaches on our team are there as far as as well as other people across the country kind of working on this together to help you kind of jumpstart those two weeks into the new year. So it starts January 9th, get it at optimizehealthcoaching.com slash programs. And then the last thing is that our first ever in-person wellness retreat is taking place March 23rd to 26th. It's three nights in Sonoma County in Northern California. Myself and our other coaches will be there as well as special guest facilitators, We have workshops on nutrition, fitness, mental health, um, seasonal cooking. We have a naturopath talking about digestion, hormone health. We're going to be doing wine tasting, olive oil tasting. It's going to be amazing. We only have a couple spots left in the program. So check it out, optimizehealthcoaching.com slash retreat. Okay, my guest today is the one and only Jeremy Scott. Jeremy is a legend in the health and fitness space, a best-selling author, trainer, and owner of Jeremy Scott Fitness in Scottsdale, Arizona. His blog has been named one of the top fitness blogs online. He is a four-time cover model. He has worked with some of the biggest brands in fitness, including Men's Health Magazine, Reebok, Under Armour, and more, and is the host of the popular Jeremy Scott Fitness podcast and radio show. His unfiltered, no-nonsense insight on health, nutrition, and real-life advice has led him to help thousands of people around the world transform their bodies and their lives. While it might be easy for someone with his experience to become complacent, and we'll get more into this, but in my personal experience getting to know Jeremy over the last several years, I've seen firsthand he genuinely cares on a deep level about those that he is working with. Um, And he shares the passion with me, which is the desire to just help everyday people feel their best and unlock the best version of themselves. So with that, I am excited to welcome Jeremy Scott. What's up? What's up, dude? I mean, it sounds super important. So I appreciate appreciate the intro, dude. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, So we are recording this a little bit early, uh, but this is coming out New Year's Eve. So for those listening, they're kickstarting the year. Um, And I kind of want to jump right in. You know, I mean, I mentioned in the intro, but you've worked with so many people of all backgrounds, you know, everybody from beginners trying to look for kind of the entry point into all of this into, you know, pro athletes. Um, Where would somebody begin almost maybe regardless of their background if they're looking at 2023 i know everybody's got the motivation in the new year um what are a couple kind of key things that jump to mind for you or that you've seen work or not work i mean for a lot of people it's just it's the low-hanging fruit 
uh, that we call it. It's the basic things that you just, you don't even think to do every day. And for me, if it's, you know, I'm not a huge resolution person. I just, I think all days are, are kind of the same, whether it's Monday or, or Thursday, but if those, you know, external metrics kind of help you, you know, reset or get you into routine, I'm a fan of that. Um, so if you're a person right now and like you're trying to make the, the biggest jump, the, the first thing I would do above anything else, I'm like if you can find like a coach or a community or a group of people to just surround yourself with, because I think in terms of just being successful, if you look at anything in your life, like you're, you're obviously going to do it yourself. But if you can find a partner or a team or a place where you can show up or there's some accountability there, um, like a coach, really, I mean, you'll be more successful. And the example I always give is like, and this is not a knock on, you know, Charles Barkley or, or any of these guys, but, you know, you look at the shape they're in when they play and you, they're not going to be that when they're obviously 60 and 70. However, without a goal and accountability and a coach, these guys tend to just kind of let things go because they don't have those three things. And if, if a pro athlete struggles without a goal, accountability and a coach, the average person's really going to struggle. So that's probably the first thing I would invest in is just find a coach in a community that's going to help you. I love it. I mean, it's interesting you say that. I always talk to people about this where it's like, I think, and for many reasons, I think a lot of people just throw it all up to things like discipline or willpower, right? Like people are like, oh, I just need more discipline. And it's like, well, actually, if you have a group of people where being healthy is normal, it becomes a lot easier, right? Like that, a lot of people don't look at it that way. They just think this is a solo journey and I need to just find a way to do it in spite of everything. And it's like, you can make this easier with some of the stuff you're talking about, you know? Yeah, even for me, like uh, I train, you know, by myself most days and I, that's my personality type. I like that, but there's these external factors for me where essentially this business started for me, you know, 15 some years ago, really based on just what I looked like. So there's this thing that's like, okay, well, if I look this way, I can lead from the front. People will want to emulate it, blah, blah, blah. As I got older, it's not really so much about that, even though it's, it's a part of what we do. But like on Sundays, like I work out with a bunch of our members. And would I do that same workout on a Sunday? Maybe. But I wouldn't do it at nearly the pace and the clip and the level I'm doing it. And there'd be days where I could talk myself out of not going. But because I know 25 people are going to be there, I'm going to show my ass up and I'm going to train too. So even for someone like me who's been it for so long, it's, and it's more fun. It, it's just like sometimes the, the workouts you're going to do are just going to suck. That's just kind of part of it. And to ride an assault bike by yourself, 10 minutes is like 10 hours. But if you do it with five other people and you can all complain about it, there's kind of some camaraderie there with that. And that, that does help people stay with it. Yeah. A hundred percent. My, some of my friends always joke um, that they're like, Oh, you lost 130 pounds and basically had to start a health coaching company just to hold yourself accountable at this point <laughs> just it, does, you know, it doesn't like, oh, hurt yeah maybe some truth to that you know but yeah. it's it's real you know and i think you you talking about that is huge it's like those pieces the community the accountability and to your point just like the willingness to do the thing that sucks sometimes becomes much easier if you have a team around you or friends around you, or even somebody to text afterwards about it, even if they're not there in person, you know? Well, I think a, a normal, you just have to look, if, if I'm an average person, I just work at a job, I got two kids, I'm busy, I got stuff going on. Look at the people that are the most successful in, in all these endeavors. If, if you want to say fitness or physical activity, you know, it's a, it's a basketball team. 
it's a football team. Um, it's like the, it's the SEAL team. It's not just like a single Navy SEAL goes out there like it's a whole team and everybody kind of works together. And the reason those guys keep going a lot of times is because they don't you know, want to look like a quitter in front of all these other people. And I'm like, there's something to be said about that, like iron sharpens iron. So if you hang out with fit people, you're probably going to be fit. If you hang out with people who never exercise and, and always eat and drink trash, like you're probably going to be that, too. So that's the putting yourself in a good environment is, is key. Totally. I love it. That's awesome. Um, and I think one other thing that comes up a lot for our coaching clients, because the people we work with are generally speaking, just everyday people, parents with kids, you know, busy lives. They don't actually necessarily have the time or even want to maybe spend as much time as somebody like you or me wants to spend on some of this stuff. So I think for somebody like that, it can be an easy mental block to be like, well, I just don't have the time to do this, right? That's like a really common phrase. So somebody like that, who's stressed and busy and parenting and has young kids, what, for somebody like that, what kind of advice would you, would you give as far as like the entry point into some of this? Yeah. I mean, similar to how you lost a ton of the weight. I'm like, you guys got to walk, man. Like you got to move your body around. I talked to um, he's a friend of ours. He's also a client. He came in the other day, super successful, runs his own um, fund, so makes more money than than God. And I'm like, how many steps did you get yesterday? And he has all on his phone. He's like, 800. Now he's like, not uh, he's not unfit. He's just he's inactive right now. And I'm like, what about today? He's like, I'm at 1600. This is like two o'clock in the afternoon. He goes, because I just go and I sit in meetings all day, and I'm like, my body's super tight, my low back hurts. I'm like. Well, there's so many easy fixes for him. And the point of me sharing that story is a lot of you guys are in the same boat. If you work from home, you might walk 20 feet and you're to your office. And then you got to sit on your butt for nine hours a day. And then you got kids stuff, normal things. And so maybe you're at 2000 steps. But if you just multiply that by two, so if you get 4000, then 6000, then 8000, you pick the number like they throw out 10,000 as kind of the arbitrary, which I think is a great goal. But if you're at two today, you just walking 3000 extra steps to five every single day for a month is going to be huge. And we think fitness has to be this. I got to be there for an hour and a half. I got to have the perfect workout gear, the perfect music. I'm like, that's all nonsense. Whatever you can commit to, like start there. Like we always say like three by 52, if you can work out three times a week for 30 minutes for 52 weeks, you're going to be super fit. Um, if you can't commit to that for some reason, like your life is, can you do 10 minutes each day of just like, whether it's bodyweight squats or just mobility, whatever it is, just find the, I guess, the minimal effective dose to just get started. So it doesn't look like, so you can't talk yourself out of it, I guess is my point. So if you say, I'm going to do five minutes every day, there's really no way you can bullshit yourself out of five minutes. So walking plus whatever, like your base workout might be five minutes a day. And that will compound over time. And honestly, I think what you'll find is like that, that motion, you know, creates more and then you'll just kind of snowball into to more activity. Totally, totally. And it's crazy. You mentioned it. Like when I look back at my own weight loss, which now is crazy. And it's like, who loses 130 pounds? Like that's like, you know, whatever. But I think a lot of people assume for some reason that I was doing the same workouts I'm doing today and that I was so hardcore overnight. And I was like, no, I was terrible at this. Like I, I literally, to your point, I I lost 70 pounds just by walking every day and eating real food. And then at, after 70 pounds, I was like, maybe I'll go into this scary place that is the gym. But, you know, for most people, like it's just pick a couple things and keep compounding on it. 
Yeah, for it's the if you're doing nothing now, doing anything more than that is going to be better. And it's the same way I look at food. Obviously, you know, you guys can't keep putting trash in your body, but if you have some of these bad habits and, and again, we always go shallow and deep end. And there's a million ways to tackle this, but if you're a person like, well, I just got to eat, you know, fast food, you know, every single day. I'm like, well, can you just do it 6 days a week? You know, can you just do it 5 days a week instead of all 7 cuz even creating that small deficit in those calories and just replacing it with like, again, when I say real food, I mean, everything's real food, I guess, but like things that run, swim, fly, grow from the earth, they look like that's how they came. Like they're not, you know, French fries. Yeah. It's potatoes, but I'm like, they didn't come out of the ground that way. It would be great if they did, but they don't. So it's just like, if you can keep it to that, some of the meals and just walk around, you're going to see the results like start to show up sooner than later. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's also like when you're looking at the food, you know, which is something that I think comes up a lot of times too, because fitness and working on exercise, a lot of times is the thing people see. It's the thing they talk about or their friends go into a hit class somewhere, or they see it on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Most people aren't watching TikTok and seeing somebody eating a chicken breast and just sitting there. So yeah. I think fitness a lot of times becomes the first thing people see when it relates to an entire health journey, which a lot of times is the most foreign, like people are currently regardless of what they're eating, people are eating throughout the day. So changing the eating feels a little bit um, closer to what they're currently doing, maybe than seeing somebody who's super shredded doing burpees on Instagram, they're like, Yeah, I want nothing to do with fitness. That's too much. But I think being to your point, you know, a what's the entry point, which is moving in any direction. Um, and B, I think on the nutrition side is like, it's not the sexy stuff. It's not the thing that is shown off, but I find, I mean, for myself and just in, with people in general, I'm like, that is the thing that makes the massive difference. Like do the minimal amount up front, depending on where your starting point is fitness wise. It's like, do whatever is going to make you feel good that you will do consistently. And then really dial in the nutrition. It's sort of like the, uh, I don't know, the less sexy hidden secret to the whole thing is just like eat real food and it doesn't have to be entertaining and it doesn't have to be all of the stuff that people think food needs to be. But I feel like nutrition is in a lot of ways the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, it's not, uh, and again, we say like, I guess, you know, what you do in, in private, you get praised for in public. And that's, you know, with most things in life, like any skills you acquire, but it's the food that you do too. And it's how you feel. It's, and it, I don't think most people audit, you know, how they feel every day. If you eat something and it's making you feel a certain way, like if you uh, notice like your nose is running or there's like mucus production or your stomach hurts, or you just feel bloated. Like there's a reaction going on there. It's just like being mindful of kind of what you put in your body. And, you know, it's like the phrase, like kids, you know, do what feels good in the moment and adults do like responsible things and what they're supposed to do. The problem is there's a lot of adults like that are just eating like kids, you know, and I'm not saying you can't have Cheetos and like Capri Suns, but man, if you're 45 and you're not happy with how you feel and move, it's like, you just have to start identifying like, you know, what do healthy people like eat in general? Like what do healthy people do? It's, it's no different. Like if, if it's money, like what do successful people with their money do? Like what do people who are terrible with money do? You start to kind of emulate these, really basic things and just keep it simple. Like probably what your mom told you, like you are what you eat. Like it really is a thing. And I know it's not the easiest answer, but I did this the other day. Like I go in and obviously I'm extreme, but I'll drive by 
insert fast food chain. I won't say it on here, but they have like two, they have two lines. Now there's not just one line, there's two. And every time I drive by the two lines are like are 30 cars deep. Yes. Literally like three miles from our gym, from our gym. And at the same time I'll drive, I'll just go into natural grocers. I'll grab chicken, blueberries, like a Koya and like a peanut butter packet. Um, takes the same amount of time, might cost me $4 more. And that's what I'll have. And again, it may, it maybe took me a couple minutes more, if that, and a couple more dollars. And again, that's a habit and a skill over time. But I, I think when you really strip it down and look like, well, could I replace this with this? And really would it cost me that much more time? And would it be that much, you know, more of a hassle? And the answer really is no, but you just, you have to start doing that at least a couple of times a week. And you, and the last thing I'll say is your environment in your house matters a lot. Now, if you have five kids and there's goldfish everywhere and you got all this other stuff, it's tough. I go, but you have to make it easy for yourself, you know, in one instance, like to make good choices, but make it hard for yourself to make bad choices. So you can't keep those things that you know are your, you know, kryptonite in the house because you're more likely to grab them when you're hungry or hangry or stressed or whatever. But if it's not there, then you consciously have to leave your environment to go get it. And hopefully that barrier causes you not to do it more often than do it. Totally. And I think it's interesting. I'm thinking about somebody that um, that I know very closely where we were talking about the same sort of thing with the drive through recently. Um, I'm from Midwest, Columbus, Ohio. I know you're Minnesota, Midwest. So you get it. Same things going on, you know, yep. not the healthiest eating environment all the time. And she was talking about how she goes to uh, Starbucks every morning to grab breakfast and a drink of some kind on the way to work. It's talking about the line. She's like, yeah, I wait in line for 40 minutes in the drive-thru at Starbucks every single morning and 40 minutes. And I, when I was back home, went and saw the star. I mean, there's literally, they don't have two lines, but they have one line that starts. It's kind of in this like mall shopping center thing. And the cars go and zigzag through the entire parking lot where like you can't actually park in a full strip of of the lot because the Starbucks line is going. There's like 70 cars in line. And in the same conversation, we're talking about um, that she's so busy and she works 70 hours a week and doesn't have time to work out. And I'm like, all you have to do is instead of waiting in the drive through, go inside Starbucks. Nobody's inside. You walk in, order there, take the same 40 minutes, go walk for 40 minutes instead of being in the drive through. You're actually adding no minutes to your day and you still get your Starbucks, but you're adding 40 minutes of walking and you're probably going to make a healthier choice eating wise throughout the day because of it. And so I think like when you're talking about some of this stuff, it, it doesn't actually... I think a lot of times people forget to stop and actually reflect on what they're currently doing. And and I think to your point, it's like people don't realize they might feel like crap every day because it's like, if you wake up and you're just used to feeling like shit all day, then that becomes normal. And it's totally different now. I'm sure you're the same as me where it's like, if I go out and have some beers or I have a burger and fries somewhere or whatever, I'm like, feeling it for a while I'm just like wow this is this is rough you know and but if you're eating the burger and the fries and the pizza and all this stuff every day and you feel like shit every day you don't know the difference and so it's like auditing how you feel auditing your time 
is kind of where you have to start. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really go anywhere else because you can't look at what your friend is doing or what somebody else is doing or what I'm doing or what you're doing and be like, I'm going to go do what that person's doing. You have to look at your actual family and your house and your work schedule and the windows you have to work with, you know? Well, it's, well, people, they'll, and I think they think these things take this Herculean effort and way more time than they really take. And the example I give is like, for me, I don't like doing normal people shit. So like, I don't want to do the dishes at my house. Um, even though when I really do it, it takes like, I don't know if I'm slow, like three minutes. Right. Like if my, about my whole day, it takes three minutes, like to load everything, put it in, take it out, put it away. It's about a three minute investment. But for some reason, as I like walk by or I come home, I'm like, God, that's going to take forever. But it doesn't. And I think people think that of like, well, if I have to cook my own food, or if I have to like, no, it's not, it does not take as long as we think for most of these things. And you're probably already doing an equivalent activity that takes as much time, like waiting for 40 minutes to go to Starbucks when you could make 15 other choices and, and still get the same result. So it's getting past that, you know, barrier, I guess, in your brain too. And to your point, I don't think most people know what feeling good feels like. I mean, the average person, well, the average person in America doesn't exercise. That's just, when people listen to this, if you are moving around at all and not eating complete garbage every day, you're already better than average because our, our baseline of what's normal has become so, so low. It's mm -hmm. like, it's literally embarrassing. So the average person has no clue like what feeling decent feels like. And I always say if I could take like this, and is it hard work to eat right and exercise every day? For sure it is. Um, but it's got to be super hard to feel like a bag of shit too and not want to move around. So I say if I could pull out what I feel like and give it to somebody, and they would feel this. They'd be like, oh, my God. Well, now I understand, like, why you can move around and be so productive and you want to do all these things. I go, because you have this abundance of energy where if, for me, if I did like what you did, it's like I can go eat like a burger and I'll be okay. But I, there comes a point where there's certain things I can't eat. Or if I have too many drinks, I'm like, man, I'm not willing to trade today for tomorrow. Because, like, what I did the day before is going to rob me from the next day. And when you get healthy, you start to really have a body awareness where it's like, yeah, I'm not making choices based on just because I want to look good. It's I don't want to feel like shit. And I couldn't imagine if I had like four kids running around and I was like bloated, constipated and hung over how much that's like a prison sentence. Like it would seem like it'd be terrible. Like your kids are screaming, you're doing whatever, but you feel like shit. It's got to be hard when you feel good, let alone like that. So, yeah, um, it's those little things do help people frame it different. Totally. And I think, you know, it's so interesting you say that, like, the body awareness piece is huge, right? It's huge because the reality is even somebody like you, who is, you know, uh, anybody could look at your Instagram and be like, wow, this guy's super shredded and he's super fit. And you know, this, all this kind of stuff. It's like at a certain point, it's not about like you wanting big biceps is not enough. Like that doesn't actually on its own make somebody show up every day for 40 years doing this. It's got to be a deeper piece around how they feel. And I, I think, I think once you start to make small changes, the momentum that comes from just noticing, wow, I actually feel a little bit better than I did really quickly. Like in a day you feel better. And then it's just like, how do we compound on that and continue to show up for yourself to sort of access that feeling instead of the one you used to have every day. And it's like, once people can just get like a taste of feeling good, 
I think it becomes much easier. And the hardest thing is, again, I think people assume it takes tons of time and that they have to be perfect. And then it's this all or nothing, you know, even thinking about New Year's, it's like most people will go and do some really hardcore diet or they'll do, you know, whole 30 and dry January and this and this and this. And I was reading something the other day that I think it was said 95, I think it was 95% of uh, fitness and health related New Year's resolutions stop by January 17th. That was like the scientifically proven day it was January 17th was like almost 100, I think it was 92 or 94%, 95% by January 17th have stopped. And so it's like, when you go into it, it's because you're going from maybe either zero or you've had a really, you know, a lot of holiday parties and drinking or whatever. And you're trying to do everything. And then you're just like, well, fuck this. I guess I can't do this. Maybe everybody else can, but I can't do it. And it's like, you're trying to do way too much too soon to start the new year, you know? Well, I mean, I like some of the, if you can use those things as like a springboard, but when they're so restrictive, then it's like, well, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like you're a grown adult, so you can do whatever you want to do. What you should try to do is like frame it like I can do all these things. I'm just choosing not to. So if you're a person who boozes super hard and you want to set a goal to not like, you know, drink all of January, that's super cool, but it doesn't mean you have to give up everything else. And there is no like perfect thing like if it's someone like me or anybody in the space like we're not perfect like we'll make conscious choices i don't like really fuck up a lot now but i've been doing this for like 100 years but when i first started out i would have like well, i'm gonna eat perfect for this and then i'd be like well i'm gonna have some chips or cookies or whatever and you know but you just learn from that behavior like well why did i do that whatever and again that's okay it's just like you guys now if you're, if you're not exercising a ton then you go work out you know twice you know, this week and then don't work out for three weeks, it really doesn't make that big of a difference. Just like if you have pizza one day and, you know, a piece of cake the next day, but every other day is awesome. It doesn't make that big of a difference. It's like, it's what you're doing most of the time that's going to pay the biggest dividends. And I, for people, what I would say is, especially when the new year starts, if that's your thing, just understand like you have to do this. Like there's really no, you don't have an option. Um, and I don't mean that like, I, I guess you could not exercise and you could not eat right and see where that gets you. But I've, seen that play out here like you are only going to get like older and softer and wrinklier and your hair will be thinner and you'll just be bigger like that's just a net like that's how we're all going to end up we start in diapers we end in diapers like i'm not naturally going to be like younger looking i'm not benjamin button you know i'm, I'm not going to have more mobility and be stronger as i get older i have to work every day to hold on to those things and when you can just commit to that like hey this is something i have to do if i want to be around and i want to feel good and move good um it becomes easier and not to get like serious, but I had this talk the other day with some of our clients. I'm like, have you ever been to like, a, you know, like a, a nursing home or seen an old person who's like 300 pounds, like who's 90, you don't. And that's not to, to freak people out, but they just don't exist because they're already dead. And I just think it's the, it's that small, like we call it creepy obesity, right? Like where even for you, like you didn't gain, you know, 200 pounds, like in two months. It's right. I gained three, four, five, six, like, like most people are gaining three, four, five pounds a year, every year. And all of a sudden they wake up, you know, 20 years down the road, they're like, well, shit, I got 80 pounds to lose or 60 pounds to lose. I'm like, that's what it is. But if you can start just understanding, like, I need to find a lifestyle that's going to fit me and my goals and what I want to do, like, you'll be okay. 
but that does start with just auditing. And I do think you should write down, you know, some really basic things because we, we track everything else, right? Like we track our bank account, we track our retirement accounts, we track how much gas is in our car. Yet we don't track like how we feel when we eat or how we sleep or when we wake up. And I think if you can start treating that like it's you're managing it like anything else in your life, uh, it becomes, I guess, more real and more important. Yeah, no, it's so real, man. I mean, for me, even what you just said, like at my heaviest weight, I was 312. And at that time, 312, yeah. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I know. It's it's like, it feels like a whole other life. Um, but at that time, if somebody would have asked me, you know, or said or asked, you know, like, do you feel like you're obese? Do you feel like you're really unhealthy? I don't think I would have said yes. I think like the story I had always told myself was, yeah, I'm big boned, right? Or like, yeah, like our family, we're all just kind of kind of big guys, like that sort of thing. And it wasn't yeah. until making the changes um, that you start to realize, oh, what I was doing before, like I felt horrible and I had no idea. And I, it's like, you just get so used to it or everybody around you also feels horrible. And you do get to a certain point, you know, to to what you had just said, kind of the serious note is like, at some point for everybody, whether it's me at 312, you know, uh, eating fast food three to five times a day for a decade, um, or somebody in their 40s, 50s, 60s going to the doctor and getting some jarring news. Like there's some point for somebody where it's going to happen if you're not taking care of yourself, where the moment's going to come where you're going to go, oh shit, I don't really have a choice anymore. I have to figure this out. And you know, even looking at family or friends or whoever, you know, where I'm just like, okay, like, this, like, you start to see it more and more with people in your life. And it's like, for me, um, it's like an emotional thing, you know what I mean? Because you see these people you care about, and you're like, fuck, like, I just wish the people that I care about so much could have a sense of what I'm feeling and talking like the day comes for everybody if you're not taking care of yourself where you're like oh I have to now and it's like why not start before that well yeah and that for people like well you know hey you spend all this time you know exercising and eating right and you know I could get hit by a bus when I walk outside my house today but odds are it's not going to happen but even if it did I'm like and in this, let's say this didn't extend my life at all. Like it just, I was going to die at whatever age anyway. The quality of the years that I've lived is worth the effort, a hundred percent. Just the way that I can look and move and feel every single day in my life, I, I would, I would do it all over again for that. Even if this didn't extend a day of my life, and for most people, you know, God willing, it's it's going to do that. Like so, that's the key. It's not just like, hey, I'll live way longer. I'll live better. Like when I'm here, I'll, you'll be able to do more things. And I don't know. It's just, it's hard when you watch people who they think it takes, you know, so much. And is it effort? It, it surely is. But this is the the only thing you can do where you put in so little work that brings such a big return. Because everybody listening to this, you probably have a job and it make, they make you work probably 40, 50 hours a week for, you know, decades and they pay you a certain amount of money you had to learn all these different skills you take on these stresses you have to move things around in your personal life you can't go lay on the beach or play with your kids because you're working and they give you a certain amount of money and it's probably not nearly enough um 
with fitness, you don't have to spend 50 hours a week doing it. You could spend 90 minutes to two hours a week and you just kind of walk around in your normal life and you don't eat like trash all the time. And that will put you in a body that looks and moves and feels a certain way. It's, it's a pretty amazing like return on investment. If you can think about it that way, comparing it to other things that you spend time on. And I'm not, you know, talking shit about anybody, but if you can go watch a whole season on Netflix or you can watch, you know, Sunday football for five hours, but you're not willing to invest 90 minutes a week for exercise. And like, it just becomes this, you know, priority thing. And I'm not saying give up all the fun things in your life. I go, but you know, what's super fun. Like being fit, man, like feeling good is super fucking cool. And it's super fun. And I, I would tell everybody, like, to me, it's the ultimate flex on anything. It's better, you know, even like if you're super rich, like you can't buy being healthy and, and super fit. You just can't. And it's something that everybody can acquire. Like everybody can be in like good aerobic shape. Everybody can have a good level of strength. Everybody can, you know, improve what they eat. And it's such a small investment for such a huge return. So you got to stop thinking about it like, well, I have to overhaul my whole life. No, you can still do a ton of stupid stuff in your life and eat and drink some shit. I go, you just can't do it all the time and not move around. That's what you can't do. Totally. And I think what you said is so true. And it's like, it resonates so much for me where I'm like, it's not even about okay i want to have i mean yes there's the longevity piece the the health span versus lifespan piece but in reality it's exactly like i wake up every day and i know that some people listening to this will be like yeah you're really fucking annoying as you say this but like i feel fucking amazing every day like that's awesome like that's great i'm not even i don't care about the like okay great, I'm adding X number of minutes to my life because of this workout. Like, I'm not thinking of it that way. It's just like, why would I not continue doing this when I know how great it feels? And it also goes way beyond, you know, on a deeper level, it goes way beyond your your body and even way beyond your your weight and your body fat percentage and all this kind of shit and your calories and macro. It's not that. It's like, the quality of your life improves way beyond the gym, way beyond your kitchen at home, way beyond the meals and the fitness. It's like the person you become and the identity of that ripples into literally every other piece of your life. And I think that's like a deeper thing people don't think about also. Well, yeah, like for you, like you have to be, you're, you have to be a different person because we work with people who've lost, you know, hundred pounds, 90 pounds, 110 pounds, they become a different person. Um, mm. And I'm not saying they're not the same human, but there's a transformation that happens there, like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, however you want to really frame it. Like they become something else, just like anybody who's who's went through any kind of transformation in their life, you become like a different human. And that's the one thing. And everybody has like the ability to, to do that. Now that I'm saying you guys have to be, you know, completely different people, but there's a, a process there where if you can like change your flesh, you know, it's one of the hardest transformations th there is because you're literally, you know, now they, they have all the studies now where you can look at like, you know, you can kind of change matter in your brain just by movement, like 80% of it, like just through physical exercise and the way that you think about yourself and achievement and goals, it gives you this almost like superpower that you can do. I'm not saying you go like fly an airplane or something, but like you can do like other super cool shit in your life where the other things don't seem as hard because you're putting these hard tasks on yourself and uh, you know, it's not about just what you look like, but your body is your business card, you know, and you do 
start to feel better in your own skin. You do start to feel more confident. You do start to, to walk and, and talk and move in a slightly different way. And it just, it helps. And, and the way I, I say it, because for me, it's even the mental stuff too, where I just say, just fucking train through it, dude. Like when I'm having a shitty day, sometimes like fitness is the only thing that I can control other than the food I eat. I can't control politics and the economy and all the things that are going on, but I can control this one thing and at least gives me some sense, I guess, of, of control over my life. But if you can do that, it will bleed into other areas of your life. I can promise you because it just it comes down. There is a self-discipline there. There is a goal setting piece there. There is an achievement uh, pattern there. But I say that just not the mental aspect of it, the community of people that I get to surround myself with every day. I think I'd be like sad if I didn't have other awesome fitness people I could talk to. I would be sad if I didn't have our community of athletes and people that are there. There's something there where it becomes part of your life. And, and maybe you always train at home. Who knows? But even that, like for me, for example, like we coach people on the Internet, there's a camaraderie there with our digital people inside of an app where they become friends. And it's just you all kind of lift each other up and you're just surrounded by people who kind of have like an achiever, I guess, personality, if you will, even if it comes to fitness. And it's not like it's competitive. You're not comparing yourself, but you're going to do more because Kelly did more. You're going to do more because Ethan did more. And they just kind of, you all kind of push yourself, you know, to, to be a little bit better. And it, there's a, a huge emotional and like mental piece of fitness that does, that you'll understand like once you're actually in it. Yeah, totally. And the identity piece, I think for me and for other people, I mean, you were talking about clients of yours who've lost over a hundred pounds. It's like, whether you're trying to lose a hundred pounds or trying to lose zero pounds and just feel better every day, that identity piece, I think is sort of the deepest part of the entire process, right? Because you sort of initially with any new habit, there's the discomfort of that, right? Like if I was trying to learn a new language, if I'm trying to learn a new language, there's discomfort. Like, I don't know any of the words. I'm bad at this. I'm terrible at this. I'm mispronouncing things. I'm learning. I don't even know where to go. What platform, like the whole thing is totally foreign. You know, once you get through that, you're like, oh no, I'm the person who shows up X times a week for this Spanish class or whatever it is. It's, it's the same thing. It's becoming the person. And as you start to shift that, you're like, no, I'm the person who you know, in fitness or in health or whatever. It's like, I'm the person who shops at this place. I'm the person who cooks dinner at home. I'm the person who meal preps. I'm the person who wakes up 40 minutes earlier to go work out. And like, once you start to be that person, it's literally the story you tell yourself. You're like, I'm the person who does blank. You're way more likely to do it, you know? And there's such a mental shift I have literally over my desk right now, this quote that says, whatever story you tell yourself, your actions will prove to be true, which is so to me, I'm like, that's the whole thing. It's like, whatever story you tell yourself in your head, you then go and do that. If you say, I don't have the time or I'm too busy or I'm too burnt out or I'm too tired, then you're going to be too tired and burnt out. And you're not going to do the thing. But if you're like, I'm the person who wakes up at X time to go to the gym when I don't have time, I'm the person who goes on a walk and walks inside Starbucks instead of waiting in the drive-thru at Starbucks, you just become that per it becomes much easier. Well, we always tell people, I'm like, in the, again, I'm pretty upfront. I don't really give a shit. I'm to the point where like if I hurt feelings, it's fine. I, uh, I've heard it's, that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's to people's benefit. And I'm like, you can have like excuses or you can have results, but you're not gonna have both. And 
Uh, I don't know everybody's individual situation, but I can promise you, if you're listening, there's somebody who's busier, uh, that has more kids and more stress, and they have less time, and they're somehow finding a way to make it happen because they've just made a priority and they give a shit. And they are willing to give up like some of these little luxuries and things to just make health and fitness a priority because they understand it's not like something they have to do. It's something they get to do. And they look at it as like, this is an investment, you know, in myself. It's not an expense. Like this is not a waste of time. There's no better way to use my time. And I I think if you start to just frame it that way in your brain, like this is just something I I really have to do. And it's going to pay huge dividends if I can just commit to it. Um, you'll be better off. Otherwise, you know, I always ask people if it's New Year's, right? Well, a year from today, like if you keep doing the same stuff, like are you going to be, you know, better off or worse off? You know, and if you're not willing to make these little changes now, you're going to have to make massive changes later on. Like at some point, it's going to be it for everybody, and I'm not trying to freak you out, but it will just become a problem. Like where you're like, man, I'm so tight, I'm so stiff, I'm so sore, my joints hurt. You know, I'm overweight. Uh, I'm not feeling good. And now I really have to address it. And sadly, I meet a lot of people and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's pretty affluent. I meet people who are like rich as shit and they come in and they're 56 and they've spent their whole life making all this money. And now they're trying to like buy back essentially their health, you know, because they've, they've basically let it go for years in exchange for that. And if they just would have, you know, made, I don't know. Instead of making five million bucks a year, they made three or four, and they worked out a couple times a week and like ate better. I think their their overall life would be better off. And I think if you talk to those people, no matter who they are, no nobody I've ever met is like, you know what? I wish I was, you know, less strong. I wish I had worse mobility. I wish I was a little bit heavier. I wish I felt a little bit shittier. Nobody ever says that. They right. just don't. Um, so if you can just you start to understand that, like, you guys will be all right, and just really. If it's me, you know, and I'm an extreme person, just give up. We live like kings, you know, in my opinion. Like we, I got four TVs in my house. We got, you know, these $2,000 phones. We got three vehicles. Like we got a, we, it's ridiculous. But we live better than kings lived, you know, a hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, but if you can give up some of these little luxuries, like, you know what? Maybe I don't have to, you know, watch as much TV or scroll on social as much. Or maybe I can make this happen. Like, you can find the time if you just really care about it. And you, I guess if it's goal setting, right? Like just have a goal, like something that not just, you, you know, you're going to push yourself towards, but like pulls you out of bed. Uh, whether it is, it freaks you out that you're going to be 400 pounds and be dead before you can live your life or because you want to play with your kids or just because you want to be, you know, sexier for your husband or wife, or just because you don't want to feel like shit anymore. Like whatever it is, just have this goal. That's like, that matters to you so much more than, cinnamon rolls do or more than sleeping in does or more than drinking six beers at a time does whatever it is like something that maybe freaks you out or just gets you motivated at least to do the bare minimum to get started yeah i love it and i think um so shifting gear i love that this is sort of like we're almost going through each avatar of of personality or person and like all right here's the scenario here um to shift slightly for you personally you personally, right? So you are um, in, you know, my experience, not just in kind of getting to know you and, you know, the experience being on your podcast and working out at your gym and all this stuff, but even just seeing you and following you for years, I think a lot of people would look at you and go, all right, Jeremy, you're not a human being. Like you are so fit and you're so disciplined and all this kind of stuff. Um, for you personally, 
are, and I'm similar to you, by the way, where I'm kind of like, well, December 20th isn't different than January 1st, as far as what's going to make you feel good that day. Um, but in general, like, are there things for you personally that you're thinking about reflecting on wanting to adjust or maybe things that you look back and go, this was a really subtle thing that you changed to your home environment, to your schedule, to your routine, anything that kind of comes to mind for you personally, where you're like, yeah, I, I work on this stuff too. Like this is tough for me and I'm working on this or like something, you know what I mean? Is there anything for you that you want to work on right now? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we're really all the same. Um, I just, I do certain things now. Uh, again, as you age, things are different. My goals uh, obviously change. And what I think is cool now, uh, I'm almost 40 compared to 22 is obviously completely different. And hopefully it's the same for you or you're probably single and struggling out there. Um, but no, for me, it's, I need to make certain time for certain things. Like maybe when I was 22, I didn't have to do mobility. I mean, I should have been doing more of it, but maybe I could just get by with it because I was, you know, younger and I would recover faster and like, well, now I can't now shit doesn't feel the same if I don't do it. Um, I could probably, you know, join my wife. She loves country music and she'd drag me to these. I don't. And she would drag me to these country music concerts. So like, you know, Hey, it's a Thursday night and I'll get home at one in the morning. I got to be at work at five. Like that shit's done. I, I really guard my, my time much better now. And I, I say no to way more things and I'm not willing to overextend myself. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go as hard as I, I know where my limit is. Um, I can, I'll die. I'll die doing certain things, but I also know like there's a point where it's like, it's not worth it anymore. Um, and it, for me, it's like the, the alcohol stuff, right? Like I'm not like, and again, I grew up boozing hard as shit, man. And uh, I had a problem with it for sure. Uh, but I'm not willing to, do that stuff anymore because i don't want to feel bad so mm -hmm. when i go places i kind of and it's taken years to get here you just have a certain level of discipline and i like and i have a level of patience that most people um would drive them fucking nuts because it drives my wife crazy but if i go somewhere and say hey we're gonna we're gonna go here i'm gonna leave by this time and have like you know just two drinks then that's just what we're gonna do i'm not gonna have three i'm not gonna have four i'm just gonna commit to it and that's tough to do and you you always have to kind of work um on those things. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me. And just like prioritizing the stuff like sleep, um, where I used to be able to get by on like way less sleep. Now I'm like, you know what, if I do sleep and I can do it for like a day maybe, but then it starts to really creep up. I have a shittier workout. I don't feel as good. I don't recover as fast. It's these little things. So now for me, it's more so, and again, it's an evolution over time. I do almost everything. And again, I still want to look good. But how can I feel the best every day? And then the byproduct is I'll have the energy to do the things I have to do. And then you can look and, and move and feel any way that you want. But really, it's just approaching things from a health standpoint. And just really, I do audit my food way more now than I probably ever have. I mean, I've went through the elimination diets and all that stuff. But now I'm really just mindful of, okay, you know, I probably shouldn't eat this and do that. Or maybe years ago. I would say, hey, I shouldn't eat this, but I would still go out to dinners and like I would eat it and then feel like shit for a day and a half. Like, I'm just not willing to do that anymore. I really care about just how my body feels. And I think that's probably one of the biggest evolutions, because as you get older, like things just, you know, they do become harder. Like, I, I don't know how else to, to frame it to people like just things get a little bit. Uh, it's just a pain in the ass for sure to, to be yeah. getting older. 
Well, I think, you know, it's funny, two weeks ago, I did um, an episode that was basically encouraging people to be more selfish with their time and their health. And it, it's, I think, there's so many pieces, and it's good you touched on this, like, there's so many pieces of it that are social obligations, and people feel like they have to go to this thing, and they have to go to this party, or they're at dinner with friends and they're ordering family style and they don't want to be the person to order the healthy thing. They're like, well, if everybody's ordering just pizzas for the table, I don't want to be difficult and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, first of all, you'll find if you are the person ordering the healthy thing that like nobody gives a shit at all. Like if you're, if you're at the table and you're like, yeah, I'm actually going to order this. Nobody's like throwing the table over pissed off. Like nobody cares, you know what I mean? No. But people's heads that's difficult and they don't want to be annoying and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, A, nobody cares. And B, even if they did care, you have to take care of yourself. And it's like being selfish doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. It's what you're talking about. It's planning ahead, being like, I'm going to pick my battles. I'm going to go to this thing. I'm going to enjoy this, but I'm going to have two drinks instead of five and I can still go and I'm going to go home at this time and you're planning ahead and you're probably saying no to more like I'm sure you say no to more social plans or dinners or things than you maybe say yes to and that's totally fine and then the ones that you do go to you're there more present and you can enjoy it and you can catch up with old friends or you can go to a friend's wedding and you can do this stuff <clears throat> And be a real person there, not just like a zombie who's burnt out and you, you're eating badly because everybody else is and you don't want to be difficult. It's like, it's okay to be like, I'm going to take care of myself regardless of what society is doing. And I, I think there's almost a, for me, there's almost a, uh, I don't I don't know if I tap into some like dystopian thing, but almost like if all of society is doing this thing, I want to do the complete opposite and there's like there's a piece of it that it feels good rejecting a lot of that in favor of just honing like inward on what I need that day and making the choice based on that and I think people need to just tap into that a little bit and be a little more selfish with that well I mean I said this not that long ago you know if if someone like sees me you know the shirtless bullshit on Instagram like oh this is super extreme and maybe the way I look I guess is for an old dude like me. But when I think about like what the habits, like how extreme is it? I'm like, I, I go to bed at a decent time. I get up early. Um, I exercise, I move my body around. I don't fill my body full of a bunch of shit. And I don't like watch things and listen to things that make me feel bad. And I do that consistently. And I really don't miss. I mean, does that sound like an extreme ass lifestyle? No, to me, that sounds like a, a normal, sane, healthy person. Yet when I describe it, people are like, well, that's fucking impossible. I could never do that. I'm like, well, no, our normals just become so skewed. So if I go out and I want to go to a friend's house and I don't want to have eight drinks, oh, I'm no fun. I'm like, no, I'm not no fun. I just don't want to feel like a bag of shit the next day and I got stuff to do. You know, or, oh, you're not going to eat this food? I'm like, well, no, if I don't want to eat your shitty food, I'm not, I'm not going to eat it because I'm not willing to pay a price tomorrow and suffer so you felt comfortable me eating the same thing you ate at dinner. It's weird, too, and, I, and I'll say this for people, especially that stuff, like the, the food pushing and, and drink pushing. Yeah. It's it's really the only arena we do that in because if I did that, imagine if I like came to your house and we're, you're having a party. I'm like, all right, guys, fuck it. 
we're doing 10 minutes of walking lunges right now. You'd be like, you're, if you want to do that psychopath, like you go do it. Why would we do it? I go, yet. I don't, if you want me to have four glasses of wine and I don't even like wine, why would I drink that just to like appease you? Or if you feel bad about eating eight pieces of pizza and you want me to eat pizza, it doesn't make any sense. It's so arbitrary, but yet we're okay in that environment, especially if it's dudes, right? When you're younger dudes like, Oh man, have a drink. And then we talk shit to each other. If you're not going to drink as much as the next guy, it's a weird cultural thing. And it's the only arena. And it, it's so arbitrary because it's like, everything revolves around the food and drink. And if if you're not doing what other people are doing, it's like somehow they feel bad or I don't really know what it is. And they feel like if you do it, it's not, not as bad as if they do it. And yet we don't meet for other things. It's not like, Hey, you want to get together and, you know, just eat some oatmeal. It's not that we get together and just like drink fucking wine or like drink beers and that's all great. And that's fine, but you don't have to participate in all the stuff and you can still be in the environments. I go to a lot of places and it's like, you know, I'll just have like a drink or I'll just, Hey, I got stuff to do. I'll just bring, I'm just drinking a coffee, hanging out and I can still bullshit and have a good time. I just don't have to do all the same stuff. Now for me, it's become easier because I'm like Jeremy Scott fitness. And now they just fucking know I'm weird and they think it's fine for you. It's because my culture is already established. You guys are trying to change your culture when you go into your friend circle. So at first you're going to get some kickback for sure. And they're going to talk shit about you and make fun of you. And hopefully they don't, but they probably will. Um, oh, you're being healthy. And they'll say these things. But I promise you, if you do it long enough, all these same people are going to come to you three months from now, six months from now, nine from, nine months from now and be like, hey, like, what are you, are you still doing this? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, what, what have you been eating? What have you been drinking? Because now they'll see the changes you've been making because they don't feel good and they're not moving good. And you are. They're going to gravitate towards you. You're not going to gravitate back towards them. You just have to kind of get through that initial phase of changing and you'll be okay. Yeah. It's wild. The, I always think of it as like the, the like enabling the social pushing of food. You're that's so right. Like nobody does that with other things that they're doing. I think a lot of times people do that so that they feel better about their own eating decisions. And it's like, well, if this person's drinking too much, I can drink too much. If this person's going to eat fries with me, then it's fine. Like all this kind of stuff. And I think you're right. Like what I've found in my own life is the same thing you're talking about. Like initially it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. You're, you're doing this healthy thing. Cool. Or, or people are annoyed by it. And those same people are like clients of mine now, like years later, you know? And so yeah. one of those things where people's first reaction is some sort of defense mechanism from their own issues or their own work they need to do on themselves maybe and if you just kind of are like no i'm just gonna do this thing the first thing you realize is nobody actually cares and the second thing is like it actually makes you feel better when you're the one making the right choice in the midst of all that um only a couple other things for you a couple other things yeah. one that i think is fascinating and this is something that i think about often and i'm noticing in the world and in people is is kind of the balance the balance between um i think some people can hear me or hear you or hear uh, people who are already doing all this say things like yeah and if you want to if you do want to have the drink if you do want to have the pumpkin pie on thanksgiving if you do want to have this stuff it is okay which is true it is okay right um the balance between those sort of 
moments and indulging and enjoying that against the, you know, I have some people say sometimes like, yeah, it's easy for you to say that as somebody who's already so locked in that if you eat the pumpkin pie, you're not, there's no risk of me waking up the next day and having, you know, whatever. Um, but for somebody who's maybe developing the habit or just starting to get into it, you know, it's a much tougher scenario to have the pumpkin pie maybe and, and have that not um, go off track the next morning, for example. So like, how do you advise people or, or how does somebody navigate the balance between not being so restrictive that they make themselves crazy and then binge or kind of fall off track, but also having the kind of focus to understand, yeah, I'm, I'm breaking certain habits and I do have to kind of stay the course. Like it's a really, it's, I don't, it's a delicate balance to find, you know, when you're developing the habit. Yeah. And it's like, you know, your personality type too, right? Like what, what mm -hmm. kind of person are you? Are you an all or nothing, you know, mentality person? Are you a, you know, if it fits your macros, like you can have a piece of pizza and you're cool. Like that was never who I was. I was all or nothing. So if I was going to eat pizza, I was going to eat like two pizzas. Like, and if I was going to eat Girl Scout cookies, I was going to eat the whole fucking box. Like I'm not even going to pretend like I'm not. And like, I was the dude who were, I would try those things like, oh, I can maybe just eat some. And then eventually I'd actually like throw them in the garbage can and spray them with Windex. Like, so I wouldn't eat them. Like I'm doing like really ridiculous shit. Um, for me, like, you know, you have to know what the thing is. Uh, you can put all the safeguards in place. Like, like if I say like, don't keep the stuff in your house. So once it's done, it's done. You know, we like to do like single serving stuff if it is so, or if it's like, once we're done eating it, I'm like, just throw it in the trash, dude. And like, have it like out of sight, out of mind. Cause if it's there, you know, even at our house, like we would tend to, to pick at it and have it. So we try not to keep the stuff in the house. And for me, if it's like, let's say alcohol, like I would get in the habit of like just drinking things that like, if I wanted to drink, it wouldn't be like my favorite thing. I know that sounds like kind of strange, but instead of like, we live in the Southwest, so like these places make these margaritas and they, it's unbelievable. Um, I could probably drink like 10. And like it won't even phase me. But then now I'm like headbutting walls and shit. Um, so I don't need to do that. But if, if I'm like, well, if I drink a beer, it's so filling and it's so much at this point because I'm so healthy. I'm like, I can't drink more than like two before I'm like, I just feel like so full and so bloated. So I put these little kind of safeguards in place, like for me, as I'm like starting off on this, or I would just pick things like I didn't, didn't love as much. It's tough. Um, I would just say, don't keep it in the, don't keep these things like in your house and actually like go out uh, and have them if you can, but just kind of know like, Hey, is this like a, a, a trigger food for me? Is this going to set off a, a chain of events? And just, again, if you can write it down, like just kind of audit, Hey, I feel this way when I do this, or I know this is really going to kind of set me off. And it, it's going to, again, you're going to fail a bunch of times. You're going to fuck up and that's okay. Um, I did the same thing. Everybody does. It's, this is a learning process, but I think you kind of have to go through this because you're, you're not changing a, like a skill set, like if a squat's a squat's a squat, like and that's a, a baby can do that shit. We can teach you how to squat. You also know how to eat. We talked about this earlier. It's, just, it's a simple, we're trying to change the behavior pattern in your brain. And mm -hmm. that's like a really, really complex thing because it's probably, you know, laced, you know, with 50 years of behaviors now, because we never were taught really any different. And, you know, you're, you know, people call it like in, intuitive eating and that's great. But if your intuition sucks, like it's not a great thing at all. Like you're, you're making terrible choices. So 
you really have to just know like, who am I? What is my, you know, behavior style? Do I do the snowball effect? When I eat one bad thing, I eat 50 bad things. And, you know, can I create an environment and have like accountability partner or like a team of people around me? So if you have a coach that you can talk to about it, great. If you have a community, and again, these are all real things, like from the fittest people to the unhealthiest people, we're all very different. But yet at the end of the day, from like a base human, we're all really fucking similar. Like the things that I've overcome to become healthy are probably the same things you guys will too. Now, there might be little differences along the way, but we're really not all that different at the end of the day and just know like it is a process, but just really put the safeguards in place that are going to help you and know there'll be some stumbles and falls. So there's not a perfect answer, but just yeah. know if you're the, if you're the all or nothing person, don't keep all the trash around you and try not to visit places where you're going to find yourself, you know, putting, you know, 8,000 calories in your mouth at one time. Yeah. And I think that's so spot on too is, is, again, back to like auditing and checking in with yourself, like knowing your personality and knowing what you need and what's going to work and not work for you is huge, you know? And I think, I think when I even think about that with other people, when I think about it with myself, like I've done really similar things where it's not to say, okay, I'm never going to drink. Like I love beer, always have cute. Like give me a hoppy IPA any day of the week. I'm pumped. Right. But if in the past I'm drinking that every time I go out, I'm going to just keep drinking them, especially at 300 plus pounds. Like I used to be able to put back beer, no problem, you know, where now I'm like, I have one of them and I'm like, I need to go to bed immediately. But, uh, but kind of shifting it where you're like, okay, if this is a certain trigger food, I think it's great. You said that because everybody has those foods, even today, I'm sure you do. I do where you're like, if I eat one of these, I'm eating 10 of these, I, I can I know I can tell you every detail about the ingredients and nutrition and macros and calories and, and sugar and all this. If I have one, I'm having 10, like unquestionably. And you just, as best as you can, you're like, cool. So if I'm in that environment, I'm going to pick this other thing that I'm still going to like, but it's not my trigger food. It becomes much easier, you know? Um, I think when I put all of this together, one of the things in talking to you today and kind of you know, even before we got on, I was reflecting on like, um, what, honestly, my experience in getting to know you, my experience in um, looking at, you know, the first time I went to Scottsdale and came to your gym, actually, I was thinking a lot about that, where I just to share the story, not to not to hype you up too much, but I I reached out to you. I emailed you assuming I would get no response. And Cold emailed you and was like, hey, Jeremy, I'm going to be in Scottsdale. I'm on vacation. This was probably two years ago. It was in December. It was, I remember it was not Christmas. I think it was December 23rd. Because I remember it was a few days before Christmas. I think it was two or three years ago. I was like, I'm going to be in town. If you're around, can I come work out of the gym? You know, whatever. You responded within five minutes. You were teaching a 6 a.m. class on December 23rd. And you were like, yeah, here's the address. Just show up. And in my head, I'm waiting for either no response or, okay, I'm going to show up. And Jeremy's not actually going to be there. There's going to be somebody else teaching the 6 a.m. class and doing all this. So I show up. You're just hanging. You're there. 
There's no, uh, you didn't ask about a fee to do the class, right? There was no huge process. I didn't get uh, automated text messages every hour for the following days to sign up for a certain thing. It was just like, you're there, you're teaching, you're training. Afterwards, at the end of class, you're like, hey, we have merch, we have shirts. Take whatever you want on the way out. And I remember leaving being like, holy shit, everything that fitness marketing and everything I would have assumed about you as a person, honestly, based on your status and your body and the way fitness culture is, is completely backwards to who you are as a person. And so I think first, even just talking to you today in this sort of like masterclass on habit development and New Year's and all this stuff, it's it's amazing. But I also wanted to sort of be sure to highlight that and not just to say, oh, you're you're great and all this kind of stuff, but to to let people know, because this is something deep for me, is that, you know, what you see on the Internet and what you if you're somebody who's not used to going to the gym and not used to being around fit people and all this stuff, going to the gym is a terrifying thing. And it, it can be, you know, which might see, you know, it, it's very much like, oh, that's for those people. I am not one of those people. Those people go to the gym. I eat Taco Bell. Like, I don't do that. Like, that's a different world. And I think the kind of imposter syndrome that comes up in all this can be so crippling or paralyzing to people that maybe they're assuming, oh, this person's fit. So they're going to be an asshole or this person's fit so or successful. So they don't care about someone like me. And I think it's just worth highlighting that, like, not just in that story with you, but even in my own experience, like going to the gym for the first time, uh, you know, like I was talking about uh, being like genuinely the sweating, terrified going in, I found it's actually like the most sacred place and people are so loving and supportive and just like want you to win. And it's just worth, I don't know, sharing that story, but also highlighting for people that some of the misconceptions or some of the things that you often see in kind of fitness marketing are not necessarily what you're going to experience in your journey, like getting into this stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, you can go to places where it's that way for sure. Like we have them here. Um, and there's people are assholes and that's, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause it's like, especially when you, you become, if you become like super fit um, and you are a mature person and like humble, like when we go places, like if we go to like a resort, um, I wear like a hoodie or like a, a long sleeve t-shirt for as long as possible. Cause I don't want to walk around the resort with no clothes on. Cause then I'll be like, Oh, people just think I'm a fucking asshole. Um, so it's weird how it's like completely shifted. Cause when I was 22, I'm like, well, everybody should look at me. I'm super fit. And now I'm like, God, this is uncomfortable. Um, but there is, so, there, so what I'm saying is like, there is, you know, a lot of that in the space where, you know, the industry, there's people who are, it's, it's only about money and how they look and all these different things. But when I started doing this, there was no internet like the way it is now, like it wasn't the same and we're fitness people. And that's like, what are, what the fuck are we really doing? Because, and I'll say this to anybody. And if you, you know, see me, whatever I look like is what I look like. Nobody who trains at my place looks like me. Like that's, I'm a serial killer. Like something's wrong with me. Even the kids that, you know, work for me are fit, but it's just, there's levels to it. Right. 
Um, we work with the average person and that's what we're there to do. Like our job is to make them feel comfortable. And I think like when people, if you see it from the outside, it might look like one thing. And I can't, it's hard because I can't share like how when you came in or like we, right. people do this all the time, they come in because if I share it, then like, well, he's just making himself look like he's a good person, blah, 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 blah. So then I look like an asshole. It's like, we're doing adopt, <laughs> we're doing adopt a family tonight. I'm not going to post it on my Instagram. Like we just adopted this family. Here's the kids. And like, it's like a fucking dick move. Um, so there's like not a great way to share it, but just know like most people, if it's fitness and they've been in it for you know, like me, if, if it's you know, well, well over a decade, they really give a shit. Um, even if they're not great, like maybe they, they haven't given up their life to do it and they don't need to, if they've been in it for that long and they're not jaded by, by the industry and people and they haven't quit, they're not in it just to be probably super rich. Like if they're, if they just run a gym, they can make a great living and that's awesome, but they're in it because they, they care about people and the community and they care about you. Cause what other human? is going to get their ass up at four o'clock in the morning and like do all this shit and then do it at seven o'clock at night, probably sometimes in the same day. Like they pick this career and they pick this field because they want you to be healthy because it's important to them. Not just because they didn't want to quote unquote, get a real job because they could probably go make more money doing something else. If they're, you know, halfway decent at it, they're doing this because they, they give a shit. And I think that's what most people who are, if you're worried about it, and maybe, and again, there's uh, there's nothing wrong with the, the big box gyms. They serve a purpose and there's things for everybody. But if you can find a place where it's like probably locally owned, it's probably like a, a local coach and community. And it's like they're a real person. You can talk to them. You can interact with them. And they've been around for a couple of years. Like that's probably your best bet, especially because if it's their business, like they're attached to it. That business to them is like a it's like a person. They give a shit about it like they care about anything else. And you are the reason they have a business and they're pouring their entire life into it. So essentially they're pouring their life into you. And that's what most like really good fitness people do. It's like we give, it, it takes and takes and takes and takes. And sometimes to the point where you can't even give to your family because you're so tired and exhausted about it. Like, but that's what they do. And I think for someone who's worried about going, even if the person is shredded or ripped or super fit, that's not our personality type. That's just, you know, we hide our feelings in our muscles. So we have some emotional issues probably, but uh, we're, we're, we're really there to, to help you guys. And I think if you're scared to go, you'd be surprised just reaching out, like how much most real good fitness pros, especially the small boutique ones, like really give a shit about you. Yeah. I love it. So in summary, putting all this together, new years, 2023, some, some kind of outlines would be a figure out the goal based more so on where you want to be maybe a year from now versus a month from now. Um, I remember hearing this quote once I thought was amazing, which is that people overestimate what they can do in a month and underestimate what they can do in a year. And it's so spot on. But so anyway, pick the goal, think where you want to be a year from now, find some sort of coach slash community to get involved with where it's not just for accountability, but where the people around you are setting you up for success and we're being healthy and fit and taking care of yourself is normal. It's sort of expected. It's not even glorified. It's just what's expected around you. Um, begin auditing how you feel. Begin with a couple specific habits, probably around, you know, you mentioned step counts, you mentioned food, just basic low hanging fruit things. Start to make those changes audit how you feel, notice how much better you feel, keep chasing that feeling, 
And then slowly but steadily, you can always crank up the intensity around maybe that walking becomes running, maybe that walking becomes going to the gym, maybe whatever. All of that can build over time. And just slowly, you start to notice you become the person and you change that identity. And that feels really good. And then you want to just keep it going. Like it's it's kind of a, a straightforward roadmap, right? Um, with that, and I ask everybody who comes on final question. So we've talked about goals. We've talked about my weight loss journey. We've talked about your journey. We've talked about misconceptions around health and fitness, nutrition, alcohol, sleep, stress, social plans, all this kind of stuff. Um, when you put all this together to you today, what does true health, look like in a sentence or two you know for me it's just you you just feel good like i i chase feelings that's that's really all it is like just being healthy is you feel good and that's not just physically but like you know mentally and emotionally like kind of across the board like just that's what a healthy person is because there's a lot of people who like might look the part but you know inside it's like a complete train wreck whether that's like you know mentally in their head or emotionally and like you just have to put yourself in a, in a good environment overall and, and i mean that and it's not just like your physical environment but like the things you read you watch you listen to like those you're consuming those things and they do affect you guys like at every level so you really have to kind of guard you know the environments you put yourself in and the phrase we always share is like you know you can't change the people around you but you can change the people around you and you know i'm not saying you have to get rid of your friends and family i'm like but sometimes you just have to have a, a little like a force field or a barrier in front of some people. Cause if you just have that negative friend or like those coworkers or whatever it may be, you just really just kind of guard your, your health. Cause it, it's important and you can do it in your physical body, but you also have to do it in like your emotional and your, and your mental health uh, as well. Cause we're the busiest we've ever been now. And I know we're inundated with all these things. And, you know, if you were to get on Twitter and read, you know, for five minutes, you would think like everybody in the world hates themselves and we hate each other. And we're all going to, you know, murder each other at the end of the day but you can go into the grocery store or the gym and nobody's talking shit nobody's arguing because the real world and that are two completely different things so just really seeing things you know kind of from a macro and just doing the things that you need to do for yourself to be healthy it's not selfish it's really selfless and that's what true health is to me i love it okay so where should people find you i'm going to put links in the show notes to jeremy's website um he's an amazing app uh, that I know thousands of people are on that's got incredible workout programs, uh, nutrition programs, tons of info. Is there anywhere specific you want to share that people should check out? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, it's not real uh, creative. It's everything's Jeremy Scott Fitness. So it's just uh, like Jeremy Scott Fitness is our Instagram and uh, the Jeremy Scott Fitness podcast is on Spotify, Apple, Jeremy Scott Fitness app. All that stuff is there, obviously the website. But yeah, if you guys reach out, um, I get back to everybody. Uh, sometimes it takes me a little bit just because there's a lot of people at this point, but uh, happy to do and answer questions. But yeah, we share a ton of uh, free shit that hopefully is, is helpful to you guys to kind of keep uh, just crushing your goals. Awesome. So thank you, Jeremy and everybody. Thanks for listening. And just remember, instead of relying on discipline or willpower in an unhealthy environment to go create a healthy environment. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good one.